This week on the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. California is a very precious place. We are an advanced economy with 199,000 jobs in the clean energy industry, and we're getting rid of coal and getting rid of nuclear. I'm Neil Harvey. Join Tom Hayden and others this week for game-changing climate leadership on the Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature. Tom Hayden has good reason to believe California could become the global game-changer for climate action leadership. The former California state senator, lifelong activist, author, and journalist, served in Governor Jerry Brown's first administration in the 70s as chair of the new Solar Energy Council, and now reports from the front lines of the Golden State's clean energy revolution. As he wrote, quote, since Governor Jerry Brown's first term in 1974, California has been on a steady march to an alternative energy future. Enter Brown today as a modern Archimedes, the ancient Greek philosopher who searched for a leverage point from which to transform the world. California is that leverage point." Unquote. As the world's eighth largest economy, California is busting the jobs versus environment myth that growing the economy conflicts with transitioning off fossil fuels. But perhaps even more importantly, the state is leading the way globally in demonstrating that environmental justice is imperative to successfully address the climate crisis. Climate agreements have consistently broken down over the rich-poor north-south divide. It may just be that California's most important 21st century export is going to be its clean energy and climate justice policies. Because, as Governor Brown commented, what happens in California doesn't stay in California. This is game-changing climate leadership. What happens in California doesn't stay in California. With former California State Senator Tom Hayden, Deputy Cabinet Secretary Wade Crowfoot, and environmental justice leader Vien Trong. My name is Neil Harvey. I'll be your host. Welcome to the Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. There are 199,000 clean energy jobs in California. That's way more than the fossil fuel industry will ever employ. It's twice as many jobs. Why don't people know that? That's the direction it's going. We have the biggest venture capital pool to invest in clean energy of any state. California Silicon Valley is the Wall Street of green energy. Tom Hayden. In 2015, the respected California Green Innovation Index report compared the state's economic and energy performance to the world's 50 largest greenhouse gas-emitting nations. The numbers speak for themselves. California has the world's second-least carbon-intensive economy, emitting less carbon than all the countries except France, 80% of whose energy comes from nuclear power. The state ranks in the top 10 nations in total renewable energy generation. It generated nearly 64% more gross domestic product for every unit of energy consumed than the U.S. as a whole. Meanwhile, between 1990 and 2012, it cut electricity use per capita by 4%, while greenhouse gas emissions per capita dropped by 25%. 
And by the way, residential electricity rates dropped by 4% and industrial rates by 57%. But what makes the California model uniquely powerful is its commitment to environmental justice. The state is spending $120 billion on the clean energy revolution over five years, including real money to benefit disenfranchised and low-income communities. The benefits are being delivered in the form of hundreds of millions of dollars now being spent in disadvantaged communities on anything that is beneficial that also reduces costs and reduces emissions. The big one for me will be health care because it's a real deliverable. Kids are really getting sick on this stuff. They're really getting asthma. There will be cleaning up bodies of water where you can't swim, you can't fish. There will be an enormous number of apprenticeships in uh, the construction industry and the building industry because a big chunk of the problem is the need to replace the older buildings that were designed in an earlier era with new buildings commercial buildings, residential buildings, there's a turnover. And if we don't catch them as they go out, it's the same thing with cars. You know, the clunkers have to go, and we need to make it affordable for people to dump their gas-guzzling car and buy a hybrid or buy an electric car. You know, we're not going to solve the problem by the 1% having zero-emission cars. California has long played a catalytic role in setting innovative policies and standards that went on to become landmark national environmental laws and standards. Tom Hayden was part of an outlier group of solar visionaries who joined the first administration of Governor Brown, who was ridiculed as Governor Moonbeam. They invented policies we take for granted today. Later, serving for 18 years in the legislature, Hayden helped create the state's solar energy program. As an anti-war activist, he saw the issues of war and oil as one and the same. Then Jerry Brown became governor again in 2011 with a goal of decarbonizing the economy. You may know that the average Californian consumes half of the energy of the average American, in large part because of these invisible building standards that were put in place uh, 40 years ago. But we can and we should do more. Wade Crowfoot is Deputy Cabinet Secretary and Senior Advisor to California Governor Jerry Brown. His portfolio includes transportation, infrastructure, emergency management, and co-chairing the Governor's Drought Task Force. In the last 40 years, California customers have saved an estimated $74 billion from energy efficiency programs. Crowfoot says California needs to keep unleashing technology innovation, that squeezes carbon out of energy generation. Wade Crowfoot spoke at a Bioneers conference. The renewable portfolio standard will require that by 2020, one-third of the energy that we consume in California comes from renewable resources. But our goal is, of course, an 80% reduction. So we have to vastly scale up that renewable energy. And until we actually achieve a much cheaper, larger energy storage, Part of our transition is relying on natural gas uh, because solar and wind are intermittent forms of energy and uh, we can't turn them off and on when we want to. So if we can't store them, we need other sources of power that can ramp up when needed. The third major action we're focused on is electrifying transportation. 
actually building consumer choice for different energy sources to power transportation. Electric vehicles, whether battery electric vehicles or fuel cell electric vehicles, are a major part of that solution. We're very excited that 40% of the electric cars in the country are actually sold in California. But guess what? We just passed a milestone of 100,000 vehicles, EVs, in California. You know how many cars we have in California? 31 million. So it shows you we're just at the beginning of this transformation, moving to a different energy source. As Crowfoot observes, the state is on track to achieve 33% of its energy from renewable sources by 2020. In 2015, Governor Brown raised the bar to 50% by 2030. In the end, of course, the overall goal is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and California's goal is to reach to 80% reductions by 2050, he said. This includes putting 1.5 million zero-emission cars on the road in the coming decade, not to mention a million solar roofs. New state codes mandate net-zero energy buildings, and California attracted half the world's clean-tech venture capital investment in 2014. All these milestones are not without controversy, such as fracking for natural gas and a massive high-speed rail project that's as controversial as it is expensive in the near term. But Tom Hayden says, California is showing how an advanced economy can set future targets of 100% renewables without nuclear power and with justice for all. Tom Hayden. What most impresses me is that we have $120 billion for a stimulus package and that we have two kinds of laws that are being merged into one. On the one hand, hurry up and do what you can to reduce these pollutants. Second, in doing that with laws or regulations, make sure that there are co-benefits for disadvantaged communities, which means weatherization of housing, solar collectors on rooftops, greater health care facilities for victims of asthma, you name it, so that you're talking to people about things that they understand and feel very aggrieved about. It's not like climate pollution is over their heads. It's just it has to be translated into what a politician would call a deliverable. We're going to make your life better. Your kid's not going to get asthma. Your house is going to be protected from storms. There are going to be fires. Bad things are going to happen. And we are in a prevention mode that'll make your life safer. The law also requires that representatives of environmental justice groups and labor groups have a seat at the famous table where they can talk about how those benefits can be distributed. A 2012 California law legislated that 25% of revenues from the state's cap-and-trade program to reduce greenhouse gas emissions be directed to benefit disadvantaged communities. By 2015, $272 million had been apportioned. By 2020, the state expects to invest between $3 to $11 billion for disadvantaged communities. Oakland is home to one of the worst pollution in the country. We have the Port of Oakland. We have trucks delivering cheap goods from the port to the rest of the country. This is the fourth largest port in the country. We have one out of four people in East and West Oakland with asthma. Not only that, we have a 10% unemployment rate. Double that for men of color. For Vien Trong, the issue is up close and personal. 
She's Environmental Equity Director at the Green Lining Institute. To create solutions for poverty and pollution, the Oakland-based nonprofit works with the legislature, California Public Utilities Commission, and localities around the state. She has created nationally recognized programs to support communities most vulnerable to climate change. She has received congressional, state, regional, and local awards for her work. Six months ago, my husband and I were holding our twin one-and-a-half-year-old boys, rocking them to sleep. And outside our window, our neighbor's 16-year-old kid lay dying. He had been shot multiple times. The paramedics were trying to save him. And it stopped me cold. I'm shaking now just thinking about it. The memories of the first time I saw a murder came flooding back. I was eight. The memories of my friends in junior high school murdered. And the thing is that a lot of times we think environmentalism doesn't talk about that stuff, that those are separate issues, particulate matters and 16-year-old kids getting murdered. But for me, they're not. For me, it's a question of what kind of world are we leaving to our kids? And for me, poverty and pollution is deeply connected. When we return, Vien Trong goes deeper into the connection between poverty and pollution, and Tom Hayden reports on California's international climate breakthroughs. This is game-changing climate leadership. What happens in California doesn't stay in California. I'm Neil Harvey. You're listening to The Bioneers, revolution from the heart of nature. To explore all available Bioneers radio shows, video programming, and more from Tom Hayden, please visit Bioneers.org. And our thanks for the generous support from listeners like you. Poverty and Pollution Vien Trong is part of a growing movement in California and globally to connect those dots among disparate groups and movements who are often working toward the same goals, but from different perspectives. She says it's crucial to bring these movements together because it's really one issue. 60% of California are people of color. 73% of people under 18 years old now are people of color. We have to recognize this and we have to organize around it if we're going to win. So the question is, how are we working with the people who are most impacted? By asking this question, the Greenlining Institute has formed a deep coalition of America's most diverse and oldest coalition, including Asian, African-American, and Latino communities. Beyond the ethnic diversity, our coalition represents ethnic chambers, churches, health advocates, traditional civil rights organizations, ethnic media outlets, and community development corporations. We're connecting with others, not on our transactions and quid pro quo, but on having a shared vision for the world. 
Together, we're working on things like electrifying the trucks and buses that come out of West Oakland with EJ advocates. We have worked with ethnic businesses to fight for supplier diversity in banks and at the California Public Utilities Commission. And we have fought alongside consumer advocates to stop rate hikes against working families. Vien Trong and the Green Lining Institute helped build the coalition that drove the bills to allot 25% of the revenues from the state's cap-and-trade program to benefit disadvantaged communities. Then came the charge-ahead legislation to make electric cars available to people who couldn't otherwise afford them. As State Senator Kevin DeLeon commented, we need to teach the electric car to speak Spanish. On deck are voucher programs for electric car purchases and cash for clunkers incentives. The next question, Trong says, was how to make sure there were funds at the state level that focused on getting rid of pollution and poverty. She was part of a coalition that went directly to those communities to ask them what they most needed. When you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, a lot can happen. We got transit intercity rail capital programs, low carbon transit operations, affordable housing by transit hubs, low carbon transportation. So those two pilot programs I talked about that electrifying trucks and buses, we got funded for 100 million this year. Low income energy efficiency and low income renewable energy. And then sustainable forests so that the picture of West Oakland that you see you next time will have a lot more trees. And that's what a win looks like. That is how we stop homicide. That is how we create jobs in our community. That is how we reduce pollution. That is how we create triple bottom line benefits. And I also realized that despite all that, no amount of policy is going to stop the murders on my streets if we don't get one thing straight. We need to really create peace in ourselves, peace with each other, if we're going to have peace on the streets. This is why I do what I do. My kids. And isn't that what we all do, what we do? Our kids and the kids that we don't even know, our friends' kids and future generations? Vien Trong. With Governor Jerry Brown's leadership, California is sidestepping federal inaction and engaging in citizen diplomacy to make international climate pacts and deals. The environmental equity vision is key to negotiations if there's any hope of breaking the stalemate between rich and poor countries. California has engineered global low-carbon pacts with China, Germany, Mexico, Israel, Peru, Quebec, and British Columbia. It has also engaged in formal agreements with multiple states in the Pacific Northwest, the Midwest, and New England. This green block in the U.S. includes at least half the American population and over 40% of the economy, with total GDP around $7 trillion. The strategy is to force federal and global action from below. Tom Hayden. For instance, Germany is very interested in what California is doing. British Columbia has a tax on carbon. They're a good partner. Quebec has a cap-and-trade exchange. Mexico just entered into an agreement. So there's a California energy diplomacy that signs up other countries to voluntary agreements to lower their use of carbon to zero over time using many of the techniques that we have used and we learn from each other. For example, China's the big bad bogeyman according to many people. But China's problem is that citizens are revolting against the air pollution which is making them sick and dropping their tracks in places like Beijing. 
it's creating a movement that's politically challenging to that government. And California can say, look, we're not here to talk about ideology. We're not talking about the South China Sea and your Navy. We're California. And people were dropping in the streets in Los Angeles just a few decades ago. And we invented an air pollution strategy and a state agency. You know, your Communist Party creates state agencies. We still have a big pollution problem, but we're winning the battle, we think. On the other hand, you know, your air pollution is coming to California. You want to fight about something? We don't like that. We're not going to send the Navy or Coast Guard after you, but we have something to discuss. And scientist to scientist, bureaucrat to bureaucrat, they can talk about what's the best way to lower the level of particulate matter, PM2, in the air in Beijing and other big cities. So California has pacts with three Chinese provinces that probably have two or 300 million people in there, almost the size of the United States. But these kind of relationships have come out of the Brown administration. I'm told you can't go in there for a meeting without coming out having signed an agreement to lower your carbon footprint. As Tom Hayden points out, states and regions don't have the same federal baggage of historical hostilities or trade embargoes that often handicap national negotiations. Still, it's going to take some seriously out-of-the-box ideas and strategies to break the fossil fuel industry's grip on U.S. government policies and in many other nations. It's also going to take formidable give and take by all parties to create what Hayden calls a global green new deal. We need the green billionaires. We need to have this green infrastructure, a green financing mechanism, and at the same time, just as labor needed to be organized and respected in their dignity, we need all the people of color, the disenfranchised communities of California, to feel that they have been invited to the table and that they're going to get somewhere, that this is not another talk session. The finance capitalists will have to accept the jobs argument, the empowerment of poor people. That's not in their normal picture. And the environmental justice advocates will have to convince themselves that this emissions catastrophe is really real and is really going to wipe us out, and that we have five or ten years to get through it as safely as we can. There's 33 states that are controlled by coal interests. There's only about 27 states where we got a shot. But that's the green block that has to be organized state by state, community by community, to have such power that they can push back, and we see the investments flowing, and the investments have to flow in a fair way. That's what happened with the New Deal. The poor got better off. The workers got rights. Business got rich by stabilizing capitalism. As Governor Jerry Brown commented, quote, we've been able to demonstrate that it's possible to grow the economy and have cleaner air. We can stand as that marker for the world that these policies can work, unquote. But the world is in a race against the clock. Climate disruption is kicking in bigger and faster. Inequality is teetering at historical proportions. Something's got to give. As Vien Trong says, poverty and pollution 
are closely connected. Could the way through be by solving for pattern with solutions that solve multiple problems at once? Tom Hayden recalls the vision of naturalist and dissident Henry David Thoreau. If you read Thoreau's book that was published after his life, The Dispersion of Seeds, it's about the growth of communities and the rise of new generations. And at one point, Thoreau says, and I'm quoting, we find ourselves in a world that is already planted, but is also being planted as at first. That's the transition we're in. That's the planting and cultivating that we're doing. And we see a new world rising that has been cultivated, but is again being planted as at first. The title of his essay was, I have faith in a seed, so do I. Tom Hayden, Vien Trong, and Wade Crowfoot. Game-changing climate leadership. What happens in California doesn't stay in California. You can see and hear more from Tom Hayden or explore more Bioneers radio shows and video programming online at Bioneers.org. For information on attending the National Bioneers Conference and Bioneers events in your area, please visit Bioneers.org or call 1-877-BIONEER. The Bioneers, Revolution from the Heart of Nature is a production of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute. Executive producer, Kenny Osabel. Written by Kenny Osabel. Senior producer, Neil Harvey. Managing producer, Stephanie Welch. Station relations, Anna Iglesias. Interview recording engineer, Jeff Westman. Our theme music is taken from the album Journey Between by Baca Beyond and used by permission of Hannibal Records, a Rykodisc label. Additional music was made available by Sounds True at soundstrue.com. For more music information, please visit bioneers.org. The opinions expressed in the Bioneers Revolution from the Heart of Nature radio series are those of the presenters and are not necessarily those of Bioneers and Collective Heritage Institute, the underwriters, or this radio station. My name is Neil Harvey. Thank you for listening. I invite you to join the Bioneers in inspiring a shift to live on Earth in ways that honor the web of life, each other, and future generations. This is program number 01. 15. This program was made possible in part by Organic Valley's pasture-raised organic dairy products, bringing the good from our family farmers to your table at organicvalley.coop. Mary's Gone Crackers, inspired by a conscious approach to eating, organic, gluten-free, and non-GMO products since 2004, at marysgonecrackers.com. Funding also provided by a grant from the Park Foundation, dedicated to heightening public awareness of critical issues, and by the generous support of listeners like you.